Hi guys, Alexander here. Welcome back to my channel. Um, so today I thought we'd talk about something interesting. I thought we'd talk about sex. Oh yes. Um, it's one of my favorite subjects, of course, being a writer about sex and um, an artist uh, making uh, images about sex. Um, and now a YouTuber, it seems. Um, and uh, I thought today uh, we would discuss BDSM. So, um, let's go to Wikipedia and let's have a look at exactly what BDSM is. Okay, so BDSM is a variety of often erotic practices or role-playing involving bondage, discipline, dominance and submission, sadomasochism and other related interpersonal dynamics. Given the wide range of practices, some of which may be engaged in by people who do not consider themselves to be practicing BDSM, inclusion in the BDSM community or subculture often is said to depend on self-identification and shared experience. Okay? The term BDSM is first recorded in a Usenet post from 1991 and is interpreted as a combination of the abbreviations BD, bondage and discipline, DS, dominance and submission, and SM, sadism and masochism. BDSM is now used as a catch-all phrase covering a wide range of activities, forms of interpersonal relationships, and distinct subcultures. BDSM communities generally welcome anyone with a non-normative streak who identifies with the community. This may include cross-dressers, body modif modification enthusiasts, animal role players, rubber fetishists, and others. Okay, so um, let's talk about my experience of sex. Um, as I said, I'm a 42-year-old gay man, and um, I have been having sex for quite some time, and I've had quite a, a roller coaster ride, you could say, um, in my exploration of sex, my exploration of myself. Um, yeah, it's changed a lot over the years, it really has, and it's sort of an ever-changing thing. Um, the more I learn about myself, the more I sort of uncover different sort of um, pathways and different forms of expression. Um, I would identify as being a sex positive person. Um, I'm not ashamed of sex. I'm not ashamed of my body. I did grow up in a very uh, strict um, situation uh, in terms of my family and I really wasn't allowed to express myself at all. Um, we could never watch nudity on the television, we never talked about sex. Um, it was something that was very taboo. Um, I was in a very, very homophobic uh, community and uh, I think as I said before I was bullied a lot when I was a kid really horribly and um, simply wasn't allowed to be myself or express myself. And I think um, this kind of uh, lit the sort of uh, lit the flame inside me that it made me want to explore all the more. It made me really want to kind of, um, you know, investigate the world of sex and investigate myself and uh, how I how I felt about myself, what I wanted, how I felt about pleasure. Um, and so I started having sex when I was quite young. I won't tell you exactly what age, but kind of, you know, teenage years. Um, and it was a disaster. Um, I really could not get the hang of it at all. Um, I didn't understand how to assert myself, how to ask for what I wanted. Um, it was very much about kind of pleasing the other person and 
being accepted and um, it was just really, really hard for me. I couldn't connect the dots at all. Um, I entered into relationships when I was about 18. Um, I was in a very abusive relationship where I was completely passive. Um, I got no pleasure from sex whatsoever. It was terrible. It really was. I felt like I was there purely to please the other person and very much a one-way street. Um, next relationship I was in, which lasted for about eight years, um, it was very much the same. Um, the sexual dynamic was very much me being very passive, him being very active, and uh, I just sort of constantly tried to please him, really. And I, I didn't get a lot of pleasure myself. Um, I kind of sort of got to the point where I could get pleasure and I did enjoy it, but um, it was only really kind of... Um, it was just very one-sided, you know, it really was. It was, as I say, it was a one-way street. Um, but then I began to explore, and um, I uh, modelled for a guy who made rubberware, and uh, I really enjoyed wearing that. Um, I felt very powerful in it. I bought a big pair of 20-hole uh, boots, I shaved my head, I put a ring through my nose, I got nipple piercings and a Prince Albert, and um, I've, I felt um, more myself. I felt more like I could really express myself. Then I kind of began to get into um, other sort of scenes, um, kind of water sports, uh, which I really enjoyed and still really enjoy to this day. Um, I then tried a little bit of bondage. Um, I loved being tied up, I loved being blindfolded, so I, I was exploring the kind of more submissive side of myself, um, but I didn't want any pain, I don't really like pain, um, I don't like any sort of physical um, harm or abuse, um, I didn't like verbal abuse, um, so I knew I wasn't really that submissive, and I knew there was a kind of latent dominant side of me that wanted to come out. Um, I guess when I was in my late 20s, I suppose, um, I started to top and it completely changed everything. Um, I suddenly realised I could actually do both things and I liked the idea of being very um, versatile with people. Um, it really helped me to understand um, the act of sort of physical pleasure and how much pleasure you can get from it and, and understanding how being both top and bottom really it helps you to kind of please yourself but also please the other person because you can empathize with them and I think that's where I really began to understand how empathy works um, it really helps to kind of put yourself in the other person's shoes and then you can really start to kind of feel your partner and connect with them on a more sort of spiritual level um, I started to look at um, Tantra and um, uh, it was something that was really interesting to me um, because I realised then that actually we can explore a sexual relationship um, in a way that's not just physical. You can really kind of build a connection with someone on a very, very intense level and it feels absolutely amazing. Um, you feel like your bodies become one, they sort of kind of gel into each other and it was just profound. I mean, I, I suddenly realized, ah, this is what I want to explore. And it kind of lit another flame inside me. And I thought, ah, oh, okay, I really want to investigate this side of myself. 
Um, so let's move forward um, to when I was about 32. Um, I met someone who was incredibly talented and taught me a huge amount about pleasure, um, about massage, um, oral sex, kind of um, role play, um, bondage. Um, I, for example, I remember um, we used to pull our kitchen table out into the living room and put a duvet over it. And I loved kind of lying down on the table and being tied up and being played with for hours. And it was just extraordinary. I discovered edging. I don't know whether you know what edging is or not, but basically edging is taking someone to the point of orgasm over and over again, but not actually letting them release, you know. Um, and it creates a very intense uh, pleasure, you know. Um, and then when you do actually finally climax, it's much more powerful. Um, I highly recommend it. It's also a very good cure for uh, premature ejaculation as well, um, because you can sort of learn to control the switches, basically. Uh, you don't always want to go to 0 to 60 in two seconds. You know, it's nice to kind of make it last. Um, it also helps with delayed ejaculation as well. Um, so, yeah, um, so it was amazing, and it really taught me an awful lot. Uh, as I said, I loved being blindfolded. I felt like I was almost flying when I was blindfolded, um, and it let your imagination completely soar. And um, it just feels so intense. It just adds an intensity, especially with music and kind of, you know, some alcohol and just kind of really enjoying playing. I guess that's where I really discovered, that's when I really discovered the word play. And I finally understood what that meant, you know, not just kind of having sex for the sake of having sex to sort of reach the finishing line. But actually, if you start playing, um, it's, it's amazing. You can then explore, you can use all sorts of different techniques. Um, you can touch someone with feathers, you can use sort of whips and paddles and spanking and kind of, you can give someone all sorts of different sensations, ice cubes, um, hot tea, it's <laughs> more warm tea, you know, um, there's all sorts of th ways of exploring um, oral um, sex as well, um, where you can give someone lots of different kind of, different kinds of sensations, and um, it, it really does kind of intensify things. Um, so, um, Following on from that, I really got into the idea of Tantra and I started to learn about massage and um, I uh, worked as a massage therapist for five years. Um, I should say actually I had previously worked as an escort um, for about five years as well. That's kind of another story for another podcast, but anyway. Um, yeah, that's a whole other subject. But anyway, um, once I started uh, doing performing tantric massage, um, which I did both in in the UK and in Spain, um, so which was very interesting. I was doing it in two languages, which is a very complicated thing. Actually, you have to sort of really, you know, um, uh, in in Spanish, I would say cambiar su cerebro, you know, or cambiar el chip. So change the chip in your brain. And you have to learn how to talk to someone in a certain way and how to explain things. But um, what I found with the tantric massage is it took everything to a whole other level. Um, I really enjoyed having control over someone's pleasure, having control over the body. Um, I discovered I love men's feet. I love their hands. I love exploring all different parts of the body. 
and um, being able to try to sort of give someone a different kind of orgasm. So I don't know if you've ever experienced a tantric orgasm, but you can sometimes have an orgasm in your stomach, in your chest chakra, in your head chakra. It's it's an absolutely extraordinary. Um, you're not exactly ejaculating necessarily, but you feel the pleasure of an orgasm and it can last for up to an hour. It can be very intense. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was absolutely extraordinary. And that's sort of the basis of, it kind of started me wanting to write my book about sex and about sensuality because um, doing a massage is obviously a very sensual act and you really are caring for the person. You're really trying to feel what they feel. Um, it's kind of a combination of, I guess, Reiki and very gentle massage and um, erotic massage. It's kind of a lot of different things. And you can do it in a lot of different ways. I used a massage table because I found it was just more comfortable. It was just easier for me. It was better for my back. I could kind of reach areas that I couldn't reach on a bed. But a lot of people do it on the floor, on the mattress, on a bed. I don't particularly like having a massage on the floor because your neck is twisted to one side. Um, it's very uncomfortable. And um, I find lying on a massage table where you have a circle for your to support your face, it's much, much easier, much more comfortable. It's much better for your neck and your spine. So it keeps everything nicely in alignment. And you can just relax. You know, you want to, during a massage, you want to really try to... Um, get someone to all get someone to almost to the point of sleep, that kind of on the verge of sleep, and then they completely relax, and then you can start to play, and then you can start the more sort of erotic side of it, um, <coughs> and explore that. So anyway, getting back to the subject of today's podcast, um, BDSM. I never thought I would be interested in. Um, this sort of dominant submissive kind of role play. Um, a lot of people ask me about it over the years and they always, I think because of my physical appearance, because I was a skinhead with the rings from my nose, wearing big boots or wearing rubber, people assumed that I would be naturally a master, you know, a very dominant guy. And I always said, no, I'm just not. It's just not in my character. And um, I'd always tell people, no, I mean, I'm a masseur. I'm all about very gentle kind of activities. Um, however, I discovered over the past couple of years that actually I did enjoy being in control more and more. And this is where it gets interesting. Um, now, this is kind of related to, I, I have bipolar disorder, and I think what I've said in a previous uh, podcast is bipolar disorder is two states. It's either depressive or depressed or manic. Now, during the manic state, it kind of changes how you behave sexually. Um, you get something called hypersexuality, where you, your sex drive goes through the ceiling. You feel like you, it feels like your testosterone levels are absolutely um, huge, you know. And it brought out a different side to me. And I discovered that um, I really enjoyed being a master and having a slave. Um, I, I loved um, verbal abuse, verbal humiliation. Um, I guess I love using my voice and my words. Um, so not physical restraint or physical kind of um, interaction, but 
verbal interaction and it can be really, really satisfying for both parties. Um, as a slave, it's, it's nice to be sort of treated very harshly and to be really controlled by the master's voice. And as a master, it gives you a great sense of power and control. Um, it's amazing to be able to control a situation and to control someone's pleasure as well, because um, you know that the other person is receiving a tremendous amount of pleasure from this. Um, I've spoken to so many people over the years. Um, I've met so many men who work in high-powered jobs. They're maybe CEOs or their bosses or whatever. And they have to be responsible for other people all day long. When it comes to their sexual play, uh, they want to be in a very submissive role. They want to give someone else the responsibility so that they can just let go and just enjoy themselves. Um, it's why people like being tied up. It's why they like being blindfolded. They may like being encased in a full kind of bodysuit or body bag, you know. And it allows them to just float in that fantasy and completely escape the real world. And I guess that's what sex is for me now, today. Um, it is my means of escape. Um, I think probably because I have been having sex for so many years and I had such dissatisfying or unsatisfying, I suppose, um, experiences of sex in the, in the early days, I now need something more interesting, more exciting, um, and I love the world of roleplay. I find it really exciting, really interesting, and it just lets me escape. Um, I can become a different person. And yeah, so as a master, I, um, I, I can take on a completely different role. It's fantasy. It's, it's a wonderful release, really. Um, and especially for someone who suffers very badly from mental health problems, um, it gives me a release from that. And uh, it, yeah, it's, it's really very satisfying and it's something that I'm going to explore a lot more. So there we go. Um, I've talked now for ooh, 18 minutes. So let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Um, what are your experiences of um, BDSM? Would you consider yourself to be more dominant or more submissive? Um, maybe both. Maybe you switch between the two because a lot of people do that. Um, how do you feel about the whole concept of top, bottom, versatile? I mean, I, I would say I'm quite a versatile person and quite an open person, so I don't particularly like those terms. I find them very restrictive. Um, I never really would, even though I prefer the kind of master role in the master-slave role-play scenario, um, I wouldn't say that I'm 100% active at all. Um, I like pleasure in all forms and I love exploring. I mean, to be completely active 100% of the time is like eating the same food every single day. You know, you get bored of it eventually, you get flavor fatigue, that's just the way it is. Um, so it's more interesting to kind of have a varied diet, have lots of flavors. And who knows what the future holds? I mean, I may well investigate other different forms of sex and other different forms of fetish. Um, I don't know, uh, we shall see, but I'm very open to ideas. Anyway, let me know your thoughts. Um, if you have other things that you'd like me to talk about, um, I will in future podcasts talk about sex work because that was a big part of my life and I can talk all about that and uh, tell you about my experiences. Um, uh, I wasn't the most successful worker in the world. A lot of other people were much more successful and much more attractive than I was, believe me. 
But I had a certain niche, I guess, and um, I think uh, I will talk about it more in future, but I think what makes a very good um, sex worker is someone who can communicate. I think that's kind of... 60% of it, to be honest. I mean, most people think it's all about sex. It's, believe me, it's not. It is absolutely not. It is about how you communicate with people and how well you can communicate and how well you can empathise and really put yourself in their shoes and understand what the person wants and um, what they need, of course, because sometimes what someone says they want isn't actually what they need. And so you have to really be almost like a, a sex therapist or a counsellor. I would always talk to people for five or ten minutes beforehand and ask some questions and try and sort of understand a bit about their, you know, what's happening in their psyche. Because for me, this sex and the mind are completely connected. And once you can kind of get inside someone's mind, you can understand, you know, how, what kind of sex they like. And anyway, that's for another podcast. So I hope you've liked this um, rather different podcast. I thought I would give you something a little bit juicier today. I hope it was fun. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to like and subscribe. And of course, tell your friends. And I shall see you next time. Okay, have a great day. Bye.